Burn those sticky notes, I tell you. Welcome to this episode of the Block Thinking Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to uh, invite you in to listen to an interview uh, with two very good friends of mine. Uh, we actually became friends just before the pandemic. They were going to join me at the College of Extraordinary Experiences event that I'm involved in. And then the pandemic hit and we didn't get to spend time. We actually had to miss out on two opportunities. Two events got cancelled uh, uh, the last two years, but uh, we became hard and fast friends, mostly because uh, my two guests are also the owners of uh, the Traction Strategy uh, business. They created the Traction Toolbox and they have this uncanny ability to connect me with people who create all kinds of interesting design tools and design experiences. Um, as you know, I run this little um, YouTube channel uh, where I review design tools and we kind of got connected through that because they had a, uh, I think they've got a few products in the market already, um, just supporting the design process. So for example, um, they have these seed cards that you uh, use during the ideation process, but then there's a whole fundamental subset of, of products that they have. They also create um, bespoke toolkits to help people uh, in the design process. Um, my two guests, uh, they are sisters, uh, Tamara and Shauna Albele. They are facilitators, um, certified facilitators. I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a certified facilitator. Um, there's a whole a community out there. And it's really interesting because I think facilitation um, sometimes rely on our own experience. I mean, I've been around the block a few times, but trust me, I've also screwed up a few times. And facilitation um, is just, it's tough uh, if you don't have the experience. Then um, adding tools to it, yeah, it can become quite complex. Um, in this interview, we are really going to focus on um, the usage of tools, what kind of tools they have, and just the way they approach it. And I, I hope you find this interesting. Also, um, during this interview, there's a few visuals that are that get referenced. So if you, if you would rather want to see the video, you can go to my YouTube channel. And, and look under the Creative Coffee Break. Um, the interview with them in video format is also available there if you show wish. So uh, as always, I would love for you to um, either check out my YouTube channel. I mean, I am desperately trying to get more subscribers to get the word out. I'm relying on all kinds of other channels at the moment to, uh, to um, let people know that I'm doing these videos and I've gotten some good traction. Um, where I interview um, either people who design these tools or uh, kind of review some of these tools will hopefully help you um, decide which tools will make sense for you um, as you go into the design process. Because remember, the one thing I keep on forgetting to say is like, why am I reviewing these design tools? And why do I get people like Tamara and Shauna on the show? Is that the design process in itself doesn't have to be boring. Also, I think sometimes what we do is we rely on gimmicks and tricks to make people think that design thinking and all these other methodologies you use are exciting. Forget the tricks and gimmicks, rather use tools and experiences that are gonna get you to the results you require. So uh, a lot of the things that I share and also the, the products that Tamara and Sean will be referencing here has certain objectives. So either to get someone through a uh, ideation process, make new connections in the brain, um, you're really encouraging people to simulate maybe certain business uh, uh, prospects or, or, or processes um, and just to help you design better. No gimmicks, no clown suits, no entertainment. Uh, this is serious business because um, whatever we do in a design process, we are affecting people's lives and also livelihoods because business objectives, right? So uh, let me leave it there and uh, invite you in to listen to Shauna and Tamara. Once again, thank you for listening. Today, I'm bringing in two of my favorite ladies in the world who work in the conceptualization world, world where work with concept, bring ideas to life. And then also, like I always say, the thing is that when you design things, right, design in itself needs to also be an experience, especially when you go into these big corporate places where people sometimes feel a bit bored or may, maybe a little bit of apathy. You need to switch that on. And today, we're going to talk about potentially how sticky notes don't really switch people on. Maybe they switch them off. Now, with fur without further ado, 
with my language here. I want to introduce uh, my two guests today. So I have to do an opening. Uh, today we have on the show uh, Shauna and Tamala Eberly. Um, they are the co-founders of Traction Strategy. It is a uh, facilitation, professional facilitation and um, uh, innovation services where they really help people unlock uh, innovation, um, uh, we help them with creative problem solving and also change. But now the trick is they're also the co-founders, they're very busy, of the Traction Toolbox. Um, it's a whole set of curated uh, business games and tools that really focus on these areas of creativity, innovation, and change. And now, without further ado, because I want to get to meet them a little bit more and introduce them as Tamara and Shauna. Tamara and Shauna, thank you so much for joining me here on Friday. And uh, yeah, let me keep my mouth shut and also give you some time to introduce yourselves. Tomorrow, if I can start with you, just a little bit about yourself. I know there's a little doggy running around as well. So, uh, <laughs> and you're from yeah. Canada, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're So we're here in uh, Canada. I actually live in uh, Vancouver, Canada, so I'm on the West Coast. And um, so I'm a professional, uh, certified professional facilitator and have been doing that for uh, getting like around 20 years now. Uh, so I'm kind of a process geek, uh, as it were. Um, but yeah, there's a little dog running around here. Uh, uh, as many as many dogs as possible would, be, would make my day. So, yeah. But you also, I mean, I saw in your profile that you're um, not only a master of the dog, but you're a master facilitator, right? That's part of your certification. That's right. Yeah. So it's uh, it's actually a certification through the International Association of Facilitators, and there's a couple of different levels. And in uh, in recent years, I uh, worked towards my uh, master level certification, which was awesome. um, uh, very very nice, very nice to have achieved. Yeah. yeah, you've introduced me to some of that world, so that's relatively new to me. And now to your sister, the awesome Shauna Eberly. Um, Shauna, you're a photographer and all things creative. If you can talk a little bit about where you are in the world and um, what brings you to this live stream. <laughs> um, two very energetic people bring me here, um, the two of you. And uh, I have a background in fine arts, photography, design and material production and a lot of production background as well. So um Tamara and I started our business together, yeah, almost 20 years ago. <laughs> and um, we have merged our two uh, skill sets. And uh, so what we found is just by being able to produce fantastic materials and, you know, with a fantastic process, that's been a really nice blend. So we've been doing that for a long time now, yeah. Excellent. It's a, it's a great combination. I can attest it for myself because, I mean, the way that these things are put together and also the special little notes, you know, when, when some of the tools arrive, you know, I, I try and hide them away. My wife is not supposed to know that there's more stuff ha arriving at my house and uh, there's always a little personal note. So, but we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. Um, one of the key things and one of the kind of hooks into this live stream is also um, the controversial Tamara talking about how she um, puts uh, flames to sticky notes. And I think I'm going to change to the right slide here. This is the actual thing that happened is that you actually burned some sticky notes. Um, Tamara, can you, uh, jokes aside, also talk a little bit about what this means um, you know, and how mm. this leads into the whole conversation of today? Yeah, so um, the, this would happen probably about five or so years ago, in fact, maybe even six years ago. And um, we had been working with a client for a long time. Every year we do their uh, strategy and leadership retreat, which is usually about three days out in the mountains. And every year, this client who we love dearly, she challenges us and uh, gives us new opportunities to think creatively. And she knew that we had already been thinking about how do you use something other than sticky notes for, for different kinds of processes. And um, so she said, okay, so your challenge is that I want a three-day strategy and leadership retreat without a single sticky note in the room. And that is we're out in the mountains. Um, you know, we're, we're in this lodge. There's no uh, stationary store nearby. So how are you going to design that? And she said, and by the way, I want the same outcome. 
Yeah, uh, so that's important, we, right? Yeah, so that photo is actually a real photo of our client and I throwing all the sticky notes uh, as an opening ceremony to the retreat, threw all the sticky notes into the fire and so, then proceeded with three days of really engaging other kinds of processes and tools. So I, I'm just, I just brought the image back because I'm controlling all these images. And I'm jumping to, so that was an actual ritual that happened there, right? Yes, it went yes, into the it fire. was. And, and, you know, I think... Um, because we do a lot of innovation and creative thinking work, I mean, this is a, this was an intentional sort of creative thinking uh, exercise because when you place constraints on um, whatever your challenge or opportunity is, then you actually start to open up creativity. So even though it feels more constrained, you've taken something away or you've reduced something, uh, then in fact, creativity becomes more possible. And we're, Shauna and I are really big believers in innovating within our own profession. And, and one of the things when you're innovating is the, for one of the first things you might ask yourself is, um, what is currently dominant and how do I disrupt what is dominant? Yeah. Now, if you take a yeah, go ahead. Brian. No, so I wanted to say like, I, like just listening to what you're saying, I think one thing that happens sometimes, and I think we need to challenge all this stuff, right? Like rethink all the time, but I think, and I mean, this is not a show that's a vendetta against sticky notes. I think the vendetta is against safety blankets. <laughs> Because sometimes what happens is you go into a session, you start thinking, you write something on a sticky note, stick in the wall, and then go, my job's done. You know, and I think by taking the safety blanket away, I mean, I, I had to do that with my son a couple of years ago. He grows, right? So um, you've just taken the safety blanket away. But then what do you put in its place? Do you need to put something in the safety bl blanket's place? Yeah, and, and I, I definitely want to share that. But let me say a little bit more about the safety blanket itself, right? Yeah. Which in this case, we're talking about is the, the, the sticky notes and the predominance and dominance of them. Um, you know, our mother always taught us to question dominant forces in the world. So here's our, here's one way of doing that through a profession. So if you uh, do like a, a, an internet search and you're showing that image now, if you do an internet yeah. search for things like brainstorming, um, strategy workshop, uh, team creativity, et cetera, you get, this is a, this is an actual screenshot from one of those internet searches is you're basically going to find um, walls and walls and walls of sticky notes, tables, people standing around looking at them. And this has become synonymous with our group processes, right? Uh, with creativity, it's become synonymous with innovation. And it's so expected now that if you're invited to a, a workshop of any kind, whether it's strategy or creativity or something else, you almost expect that you're going to walk into the room and there will be sticky notes that will be involved. Um, this image is now so dominant that there was actually some research done. Um, and this was uh, some research out of uh, university in Denmark that showed that people now um, associate or equate creativity with sticky notes, which of yeah. course, sticky notes are just a tool. They're a little piece of paper that you write something on. They themselves are not the provocation or inspiration to the, to the creative thinking or to the strategic thinking or the design thinking or whatever it is that you're doing. So um, we really wanted to kind of challenge ourselves for a number of reasons. One, to innovate within our own profession. But very importantly, we wanted to create new experiences for our clients and for the groups that we were working with. Um, and we wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. One is people are have sticky note fatigue, right? Yep. They and and I think Bernard, you've mentioned actually, that you've I experienced mean, this as well. I, I, I had a I had an actual experience where um, we were in a in a, a session where we were working on some uh, some corporate stuff, um, and a youngster actually turned to me and said to me in the session because we had the the empathy maps out there and there was a lot of work being done and sticky notes were stuck. And she turned to me and she said, like, I'm like, I, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm tired of all these sticky notes. But then also, I, don't, I also think that the, the the problem there, because I had to go and think about it myself, of course, I mean, this is why I'm talking to you now. But I also think that what happens is with those sticky notes is that um, they get stuck in a wall, but there's no action or follow up or real 
provocation because I think that's the thing that I like about what you're saying. Like you're not provoking any new or fresh thought. And I think people go in there and they start equating these walls and walls of notes with nonsense, right? And Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard people say, you know, you even see these posts on like LinkedIn and stuff where people, you know, show a photo of a room after a session and they say, oh, it was an incredible day. We had hundreds and hundreds of sticky notes as if that was the goal or the end result. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, also the... The process and the facilitation techniques, the methods that you use, these are far, far more important and essential than any tool that you have. So you can have an absolutely marvelous session with sticky notes, with incredible results, if you have really good facilitation, really good methodology. But as you're saying, it has become where a lot of people say, well, we just walked out of the room, there was all these sticky notes, and I don't know what happened next, because there was no good kind of follow through as well. Yeah, so there's also like a there is also a focus also on the, the purpose and intent of the facilitator, right? And 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 also the need of the client. And the other thing I wanted to just share, and we did talk about it a little bit um in our pre-sessions, and I thought this is maybe a good place to add it in because I mean I've also had folks and we're gonna talk a little bit about it where they question tools, but I think the facilitator, the intention of the design, because you design a a a, a session but the other thing I also wanted to say is that I found that um, uh, last year I did a fair amount of Lego series play work. And the one thing that really like came to light for me is as soon as people start building stuff, um, we didn't document anything. Like sometimes we'll take some videos and we'll we'll have conversations around some of these, these elements, but we didn't document something. But the recall is amazing. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've had similar workshops where there's the sticky note thing. But then we had like a play session and some of those play sessions play is not, wasn't documented, but then the recall of the participants far better. People actually live the ideas. They can recall much better. So, I mean, I don't know if you found the same on your side or, you know, um, you know. Yeah. And what, I mean, I think when you're talking about play or when you're talking uh, about building something, um, the kind of the kinesthetic experience, as well as the experience of actually playing something, one of the things that connects both of those is theme and metaphor, because uh, themes and metaphors are really, they're part of story, right? And when we have elements of story in any session, uh, we're going to remember things better because we remember stories um, far better than we remember uh, just words on um, words on and notes and PowerPoints and bullet points and things like that. So part of that uh, remembering is that they're actively involved in multiple ways, not just their mind, but their hands as well. And yeah. also that there was some kind of theme um, and, and a really, really strong visual. Uh, those I think are really good elements of, of process design and also for the experience. But I want to say something about your point about the documentation, because this is actually really important. Um, You know, a lot of the clients we work with, at the end of the day, they still want a report. They want a set of strategies. They want a marketing plan. They want um, to know what their new innovative ideas are. And they want that captured. And, And that cannot be sort of denied. And so the panic that sets in, for people, when we start talking about, uh, you know, what if you didn't have any sticky notes? They said, well, that's nice, Tamara. Like, you know, sure, we can do other kinds of processes and that's lovely. But at the end of the day, we still need to capture. And so what are you supposed to replace that with? Uh, and my answer is, well, there's actually a ton of things you can replace documenting yeah. with. My main concern is the thinking. Our job is to provoke and stimulate and inspire a certain kind of thinking that's required for the objective at hand. Yeah. So that might be creative thinking or strategic thinking um, or, you know, any of the other kinds, uh, critical thinking that's that's required. And here's where I want to talk about why changing the tool um, matters for the thinking, right? And I think you have another image for us. Yes. Of uh, Airball <laughs> coming in. Tell me what to change here, boss. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So if we look at this, um, like, you know, we, we, we want to, we want to try new tools and new methods uh, because 
it creates new experiences for people, right? It's a fresh experience. They have sticky note fatigue, et cetera. Uh, we also want to get maybe new and different outcomes or results. And when we throw new tools and processes uh, into the mix, we have an opportunity to stimulate new actual like um, uh, thought processes and thinking paths. Like if we new look connections at it from a neuro, in the brain. Yeah. Exactly. If we look at it from a neuroscience perspective, uh, neuroscience tells us that our mind is stimulated and um, new kind of synaptic pathways can be activated when we encounter things that we have not encountered before. So if our expectation when we walk in a room is walls of sticky notes and we're using them over and over and over again, or we're using them too much then our thinking is also locked in. And I started to notice um, that people were, how, how do I put it? They were thinking in sticky notes. Yeah. And, and you there, used to get actually the, the people walking in the room and they'd say, oh yeah, yeah, okay, well, we know what to do. <laughs> it's like, damn, that's yeah. not good. You haven't even, <laughs> you haven't even set up the, the, the tasks yet. No, no, we, we know. Yeah. I can grab the pen and start writing. <laughs> Well, yeah. th that's just it, and we we want to uh, we we want to keep things fresh. We want to keep stimulating um, new and different thinking. And one of the ways to do that, one of the ways to do that, is to uh, change uh, some of the, the dominant tools that we're using. Exactly, and 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 tomorrow now the thing is, I'm like burn, like I'm I'm on fire here. Like I want to see some stuff, right? So <laughs> I, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I'm like. Sure. Show me some, show me some goodies. But I mean, seriously though, I mean, we, we, we have spoken, I think you've made a strong case and I think people, I mean, I, I definitely buy into it. That's why we're friends. But, um, the thing is, what do you replace them with? And, uh, I mean, I've spoken a little bit about some of the tools you have, but you have a much more structured way of looking at how do you replace them? So if you can take us through some of the, some of the things that you have there in your desk, yeah. that'll be great. Well, I'll tell you, we spent a lot of time experimenting um, with the answer to that question. And our beloved clients have really tolerated us a lot as we've, over the years, played around with all kinds of different, um, different kinds of tools. But I want to introduce you to um, uh, how a, a, a way of understanding the types of tools that you might be able to use in a session. So you know, just step away a little bit from that, you know, what do you directly replace sticky notes with? And just talk about how do you create new experiences and new potential outcomes with different kinds of tools. So I'll, I'll take I'll walk you through a few of them. So, okay. um, so here, for example, now, this, this little set here is these are tools that I like to think of as, um, like, if you were cooking, uh, I'm not much of a cook, but if you are cooking, <laughs> Shauna can attest to that. My thing's burning. Why are we cooking? Um, but these are like these are like the raw. These are like the raw ingredients. Okay. Yeah. So these are the kinds of tools that actually, um, certainly, this top one and these uh, dry erase storyboard cards. You could, in fact, sort of uh, replace, if you will, directly replace sticky notes with these kinds of tools. But these, for me, are tools that I do not leave home without them. Like, for example, these these beautiful image cards here, which um, Shauna is one of the photographers of. I do not ever uh, go out into a session without a set of image cards in my hands because they're so incredible for um, all kinds of um, activities from, you know, setting goals to gaining clarity, to create stimulating dialogue, creating safety, do, yeah. doing vision boards, etc. So these are like the raw materials. We also have these, um, I love this, uh, it's called storyline. It's really great for things like process mapping, designing a program, a project, a system flow. And this is a gorgeous tool from a company called works in, in yeah. uh, Denmark. Now, I want to make a comment about something like this, because sometimes people say, yeah, but, uh, um, you know, oh, but it's so nice. I don't want to write on it. Right. Uh, and my what I've experienced as a facilitator watching people actually use quality tools is that they actually take more time to think 
about what they're going to write down. And they take more time in deliberation with one another before they actually formulate. So by the time you get to writing it down, it's a really well constructed thought. It's not just a random popcorn, right? Throw down. away Ooh, kind pop, of pop, thing. Pop. Yeah. yeah. Makes, it actually, yeah. I never thought of that. That makes sense, right? Also, like, yeah. I mean, probably as a facilitator, also have to break the ice a little bit, right? Um, uh, get them into the thing. Yeah. And these ones here are, we created these, uh, this was a lot of the tools that we've created ourselves are meant to fill a gap that we noticed in our work um, that we, we wanted to fill. So these are dry erase storyboard cards, which you can use for customer journey mapping for storyboarding for, um, I mean, you, I use them myself if I'm preparing like an, to write an article, uh, for example, or yeah. you're creating a, you're a creative person and you want to map out your next video project or your event. And what's nice about these is, um, you can, you know, a lot of people say, well, you can do storyboarding, but you need to be able to move them around. So of course, you can map and move awesome. those around. So those are kind of nice, um, the raw raw materials. So, right? so okay, so category one, I just want to get my head around it. So we have category one that you refer to as the raw materials, right? And then yeah. also what's really interesting about them, because I think this is the thing that also got us chatting in the beginning is that, so for example, the classic deck um, and the photo cards, I mean, they have a little bit of guidance. I mean, it's not like you drop someone and say, okay, cool, just go ahead. But they, they, they're much more flexible. You can use them for different kind of situations and scenarios. And mm-hmm. in fact, you yeah. could actually come up with a few in your own if you have something like this in your hand for your team, for example. Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead, Shauna. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that I think, um, you know, that, that that set of tools in particular is one that's intended for a facilitator who um, already has, they, they're very knowledgeable already with their processes. So this isn't saying, okay, here's a process. This is to say, here's a tool, use it in your process. So yeah. um, facilitators will already know when team leaders and coaches, they'll already know where they need to go with it and what they need to do. But it it's also that um, sort of inspires other ideas and um, it is just that, like, you know, bringing some flour and sugar and so on into your kitchen. Definitely. Um, your your skill is going to take you in lots of different directions with the, that tool. And it's also, the like, I mean, deck is, oh. they, they're cool because they challenge you. Because if you, if you ask someone to do ideation or something and you say, okay, cool, take one of the aspects out of one of these and actually build it into the idea. It just twists thing, things a little bit, especially when you do a few runs of that. So I, I really, I enjoy this one. And I think Tamara, you mentioned yeah. that you actually use them for yourself too. The image cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Shauna and I actually use our own tools for ourselves <laughs> all the time because one of yeah. the things that we're, that we really, um, you know, that in our work as, uh, as kind of, you know, process designers that we're really in very, very interested in that piece around provoking and inspiring new thinking. And, you know, you think about like the sticky note is the sticky note is the place you capture the idea, but what happens before that? How are we actually stimulating, um, the new thinking to get the, um, idea or that action or whatever it is that, um, you know, that needs to be, be documented. So we're really interested in that moment. Uh, so a lot of the tools we've created are around that, like the, the, um, sneaker fish series is, uh, is our own collect part of our own collection. Yep. And, um, those really focus on, uh, kind of that creative, uh, inspiration and provocation. So the classic deck, for instance, so I, maybe I'll share kind of the second category. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I'm digressing like a crazy man. I'm getting too excited. So we have category <laughs> one, which is the raw materials and category yeah. two, you were just about to get into that. Yeah. Okay. So let's sticking, <laughs> sticking with the cooking. <laughs> the cooking analogy yeah. category two is like your specialty. dangerous. That's a dangerous area. It is for me. It is. Yeah. So the, the category two is like your specialty items in your kitchen, right? So like your waffle maker or your you should have a waffle maker. Pan. Yeah. <laughs> or, 
<laughs> exactly. Um, now, these are these are the tools that you reach for when you have a specific objective or purpose in mind, right? So, um, for example, I love, love, love this um, this deck. This is this is oh, I call this deck like the small but mighty. Uh, it's um, key issues change. So, what it is is it's a tool for helping um, groups very, very quickly and collaboratively identify major uh, or anticipated um, issues they might experience in a change situation. Okay. So what, so for me, this is, I reach for this when I need that um, to meet that objective in a process, right? I need the group to be able to work collaboratively and identify um, change issues. Uh, We have another one here that is, Nice. I like that. Oh, yeah. Someone said, Jeff says, yeah, um, what comes before the millions of sticky notes? Exactly. Yes. For the win. Um, Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, for the win, Jeff. Uh, This one here is um, uh, designed by someone in Norway who is an expert in um, team development and things like creating psychological safety within a team. And it's called Perspectives Ping Pong. So it's actually kind of uh, a game, but it does have you can flex it within your process. We're really keen on tools that as a facilitator, you can actually just flex yourself within the design, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe today the waffle maker will make me an omelet. I don't know. Right. You're sticking with that analogy, right? The waffle maker. I'm really, you see, this is, this is why, this is why you don't let her in the kitchen too often. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I can see that one's got like instructions there. So there's, there's a bit more guidance to, Yeah. That's right. So it's got an actual bit of a process to it. But again, you can you can um, uh, flex with it. But this is about helping uh, teams to um, see different kind of perspectives, stakeholder perspectives and build uh, build empathy. So if those are your objectives, then you can reach, you know, for this tool. And then, you know, whatever comes out of that, you could find different ways of kind of capturing or documenting. Uh, so speaking of purposeful tools, here's another example. This one's from uh, the Netherlands. And it's like um, this box is just like a little jewelry box full of, Ooh. you know, gorgeous, uh, these gorgeous cards. And um, it looks like it's just cards in a box. But actually, if you see here, it is, in fact, a really, really engaging process for individuals or for teams who want to um, understand and articulate and explore their purpose. So once again, it has an intention. It, and, and we actually use this tool a lot with our clients when during a process. So it could even be um, you know, a marketing team that is trying to understand what the purpose of their new brand is. And so we could grab this tool and use it within that context. Uh, Or we might use it with a coaching client who's looking at, you know, unlocking the purpose of their next career move. So the point is, this is a, um, this is a uh, specialty tool, and we grab it when we need it, right? Great. Yeah. And I have one more category. Do you want me to share? Do you have any Go for it. Go for it. I'm like, I'm just geeking out at the moment. So, I mean... Go with the analogy, like now we're going, yeah, sorry, I need to stop joking around. I'm just having fun now, but. Um, no, 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 I, I, wait, I, I, the analogy shall continue. Okay. I, I promise. I promised cooking, <laughs> cooking will happen. So you can't get away um, from it. Yeah. So, so you know how for people like me who need the, um, those kits that arrive at your home with all of the ingredients pre-cut. And it's got the recipe and you're, you know, you're ready to, it's kind of your meal in a box, right? Uh, But of course you can, you can add your own flavor to it and you could mix the ingredients differently if you really wanted to. Uh, But here's where tools like games um, are really, really good. This is like the whole systems kit, right? This is uh, an entire workshop in and of itself. Um, and of course, you can um, play around with the process. You can integrate it into different kinds of um, designs and objectives as well. But this is where um, like, uh, really well-designed business games are excellent for kind of that whole, the, the whole process. It might be you know, a whole half day of, um, of a workshop where you can engage people. This one here is out of Australia. It's um, it's a really beautiful um, process that is for 
uh, team values and team development. And it has a uh, like really lovely storytelling element that's involved with it. But you can take someone, you can take a team um, through this in, you know, a couple of hours. So it, it gives you kind of a, a it's a, a kit in a box or a process in a box already. Awesome. And yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to say like, I'm just sort of, I'm geeking out. I think it's awesome. It's great. And it like really reminds like of like a, like a, you know, when you, you look at these and I've seen some of these other tools, like of like a real board game set, you actually open it up, it's got different uh, you know, elements to it. And, and there she brings another one. Uh, here we go. Yeah, this will be my uh, last e- example um, since you're talking about uh, board games. So um, really, you know, nicely designed business games and um stick the dinosaur there's the dinosaur for you uh but well designed um well designed and purposeful business games have in fact over the last several years become uh there's more and more and more of them right and and they have become more popular and more people are designing them and there's been a greater acceptance of them as well and there are a lot of reasons why using game um, play can be really, really effective, both for engagement, um, increasing levels of participation, leveling the playing field when it comes to power dynamics, and also getting uh, good outcomes. So Great. this is um, a game called Innovator Dinosaur, which is for, uh, of course, um, uh, innovation. Excellent. And, and creative problem solving. Great. So, so tomorrow, I think that is, if, you, if we can bring you back online again, so we can see your face, <laughs> this is a very professional production. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you did a great job. Um, the, the thing is, um, just to recap the three categories for us again, quickly, if you don't mind. Yes. Yeah, so kind of base, uh, base tools, which um, have incredible flexibility. You can use them for all kinds of different processes. These are like your raw materials. And then there are ones that are specialty tools that you grab when you have a very specific purpose uh, or um, objective in mind, whether it's creative problem solving, um, addressing change, things like that. And then there's kind of the whole systems kit, which might be more like a game where it is in itself a whole workshop or a whole process. It's amazing. Thank you, tomorrow. This is great. And then, of course, all these, I mean, we're not putting all the names up or all that. That is all available at, at your website. You can get hold of you guys for more details. We'll post some links also after the after the show so you can go check that out and, yeah, geek out more. I, I don't go to your website anymore. It's too dangerous for my, uh, for my wallet. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we have a question here from one of the viewers, and I, it's actually on our list. Um, to, to tackle. And I think we can actually tackle it right now and then jump back to some of the other things we wanted to talk about. But um, uh, are there, from Jeff again, um, are there uh, specific games you found to be most useful during the pandemic for your clients? And maybe also iterate, uh, like iterate a little bit around, you know, because I mean, a lot of these tools that you've shown me is very tactile, it's physical stuff. What happens now? We're all stuck. Hmm. Uh, yeah, um, I love that question. And I, I can tell you that one of the things that we've found our clients are really um, hungry for right now is uh, two things. One is um, engagement, like real meaningful engagement and connection between teams. And the other is um, a sense of purpose. I've had just even in the last couple of months, I've had several clients come and say, our team is demoralized and they don't feel like they have a sense of purpose. So uh, one of the things we've actually used a lot of lately is that purpose, um, uh, the Zenith Purpose Anatomy tool, which also is available digitally. So we are able to use it um, in the virtual context. Yeah, purpose is huge. Um, Games themselves, of course, do help engage. We we did we created uh, something called the Reindeer Games at, uh, during the in December and during the holidays, which was because again our our clients were saying we almost don't care what the outcomes are. We actually just want teams during the pandemic and stuff. We want teams to feel connected, to engage, to have some laughs, to you know yeah. that kind of thing. Um, Dialogue's and, been extremely important because the issue that people are having is um, people who used to work in offices together now are working at home. So there's a lot of um, you know toddlers hanging onto their legs and other things going on that make that really difficult for them. 
often they'll have their video off during meetings. And, uh, and so the engagement, if it's not already really low, it looks really low. So because you just can't see what people are doing and, and how they're reacting, and we don't get to, you know, see the responses. And so those teams are working together under those circumstances. When they have these opportunities to, in a in a secure, safe way, sort of re, I'll say, reintroduce each other. Yeah. In a you know in, in a because they're now in this other context. Reconnection um, in also, a way. Um. Yeah, but really purposeful. So if a team leader or a facilitator or coach is going to, you know, a manager, bring everybody together under this, you know, it's not just a, hey, everyone, let's get together and have a little Zoom meeting and connect. Okay, you can, that's its own thing. But if you're also saying, in this hour, we went through, uh, it might have been, uh, you know, a dialogue through quinks or ping pong perspectives or something along those lines. But all of those questions are super intentional and the process is super intentional. So at the end, you can say, we went through um, a team development process. We went through understanding perspectives. We went through um, creating our values, resetting our values, resetting our culture. So those things you can still say, Sure, we all got together and we chatted, but that is the intentional outcome. And, and, and Shona, I'm gonna. I just want to riff a little bit on what you said because um, it just brings me back. Because you know, one of the things that I'm also sensitive about. Because I mean, I know when we speak, I mean, I always cherish the times we get to connect and we talk about all these tools and we sh- show off. Like, Look at all this stuff. The the one thing that I would say though that that kind of draws me to this world also is. Um, and you've just spoken about it, is that when I take a, a tool set like, um, like the classic cards and spe- specifically like inspired by nature, for example, I look like, hey. <laughs> but, um, but seriously though, I think one of the things that I like about looking at how other people put these experiences together is that there's thinking behind it and you can actually learn from that thinking. So for example, recently I, I did a, a, a deep dive in a tool um, around the Euro's journey. So when you look at that tool and you start diving in, you see how the, the, the designer put the tool together. You don't have to actually use the physical tool anymore. You can now like, articulate it in a digital space or whatever. It's the thinking that you actually want. That's the, you know, so I, I get to steal from you every time you send me something. So um, I think that is the other thing to also yeah. uh, keep in mind. The other thing is um, yeah. just to get very practical, sorry, I should actually turn that into a question is that, um, you can turn some of these things digital, right? So, and also you, I mean, I think Tamari, you mentioned that you can actually send your team like uh, sets of tools. I mean, you can still send the physical stuff out to people. Yeah, and um, I, I want to uh, keep going on what you've said and what Jeff said, which is like what's happening in the pandemic. And one of the things that we've also, of course, experienced, and I, you know, we talked to people all over the world, it's the same thing. We just really want to touch stuff. Like we're so exhausted from looking at the screen all the time. And so what we've done for some of our clients is um, we kind of do, um, you know, uh, where we have a blended, a blended approach. So if we're going to do a session, then all of their team members, all the participants will actually receive a physical box of something in advance. So we did a strategy envisioning session with a client and all of the um, senior leaders received these to these physical toolkits, uh, like image cards, for example, and then they have something kinesthetic to kind of touch and look at during a virtual session. So there's a difference between a digital tool and using a a tool in a virtual um, setting. Now, of course, we also do use some some digital tools in the virtual setting as well. But, you know, we... I really like the blended approach because, um, you know, you get a break from you, you get a break from the screen, you look away, you're touching something physically, 
it gives a different kind of experience um, to to the session itself because the reality is we're all having to do these things virtually. No reason why you can't kind of um, you know mix mix it up. Yeah, That's and well. I guess I guess also what happens now because I see it in some of my, my clients and other industries is that. I mean, it's good to do some hybrid work, but then also you you need to think about and maybe rethink what's going to happen in the future because, uh, I mean, uh, things aren't going to be like just back to normal. Uh, We have to change things, maybe rethink. Maybe there's opportunity for new things to come up, right? So I don't know if if that has come across your table yet. Are you racking your brain to see what is going to be next or... um, yeah, so always <laughs> we're always we're always looking at that and really trying to understand what is the need because for us um, what we're interested in is you know creating things uh, or offering services that have um, real value for people and that meet an actual you know need that they have. One of the things we're noticing, of course, globally is that um, well um, you know you and Shauna are in you know, kind of a lockdown situation. And I can't meet in person, but I'm not as locked down as you. Um, We have a colleague in Australia, who's out doing um, in person workshops right now, and, Mm. and is using a lot of physical tools, right. So I think that uh, as we, you know, as things evolve through this, um, you know, pandemic, the physical and the digital is, we're going to need both. Uh, for lots of reasons. And there's actually a lot of digital tools that might make sense to use in a physical workshop, like in a co- at a conference and things like that. And yeah. that, that actually has been going on for years. That's not, that's not new. Um, so yeah, I think blended, but I want to say something about, you know, just point around the pandemic is we do, we're, we are finding that certain techniques are really helpful uh, right now, especially in this virtual context and storytelling. I know I'm going a little bit off. It's not that storytelling is a specific tool, although you can use tools to evoke storytelling, but storytelling has been really powerful for um, creating that connection and helping people have meaningful conversations and dialogue as well. That's a, a nice technique. I mean, I think like I would actually kind of amplify what you're saying there is that like a lot of these these things actually enable stories. And also what is important, what I've found for myself is like you enable stories for the quiet person in the room. Because sometimes what happens, especially with the sticky notes, all the loud people are talking. But when you have a interaction or an experience where you bring this these kind of things out, because I, I actually hate talking about tools. I mean, we like uh, Shauna also talk, talks about purpose, right? We want to unlock the potential of the team and the people in the room. And that also goes along with unlocking the potential of the quiet people, because usually the quiet people are the people who actually know more. And I think a lot of these tools help them tell stories because through storytelling, they can articulate themselves. You can also stay safe and tell a story. So um, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. Um, And Werner, just on that point, I think one of the, the most useful types of tools for, um, leveling power dynamics, increasing high levels of participation from everyone uh, in the room and it, it is uh, and creating psychological safety as well for the group uh, is games, a really well-designed uh, game, whatever the game's purpose is, whether it's a learning game or whether it's a what, what we call doing games, which is where you yeah. are using real um opportunities or challenges within your game, like your real work situation, as opposed to a simulated work situation. These uh, gameplay is um, uh, excellent for all of those, uh, all of those objectives. And, and that, I mean, I have it here and, and I, I'm just also checking the time for you guys, but um, the thing is, uh, it is, it's, if you briefly just touch on that, because the one thing that I think is really fundamentally changing, but I think it still happens. I'm very sensitive about, about it on my side of the world is, is do you still get kickback from, from folks against games? Like, oh, we don't want to play games. Uh, this is serious yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, happen? yeah. So the thing that I, I would say five or six years ago when we started um, introducing games into our work, there was a little bit more of that. There was a little bit more kind of hesitancy. Uh, if you look at countries like Denmark, they've been using business games for a long time. So culturally, they're very comfortable with that. But in Canada, it was it wasn't, uh, you know, there was still that sort of, well, you know, this is serious. We don't actually want to play a game. Uh, but I'm, um, 
you know, I'm a, I believe, and in my experience as well, shows that there are always going to be people who just simply don't like games, even at home, they don't like games. But I also think that when given the opportunity to play a game that's really well designed, that people are, um, are, are actually become very engaged very quickly. And I'll, I'll share a story where um, I was asked to do a presentation at this group. It's called the Legal Innovators Roundtable in Toronto. And this is a group of Bay Street lawyers. And if you don't know what Bay Street is, Bay Street is kind of like the Wall Street of, oh, of um, Canada. Of Canada. Okay. So we were on like the 44th floor of some, you know, super fancy uh, tower with a bunch of lawyers who were all incredibly lovely people, but, you know, had, were wearing suits that were more expensive than my house. <laughs> so, um, and, and we, and, and, and the presentation was about using games in, 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 in innovation. Uh, and so we had set up this table with all these games different business games um, from all around the world on it. And one of the games was the Innovator Dinosaur game. And so these dinosaurs were sitting on the table. And before the session started, I walked in and there were two of these lawyers in their beautiful Italian handmade suits with the dinosaurs with each other going, (laughs) and I was like, yeah, there's no problem here. Yeah, it's going to work anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I think is really important around the play piece is that pl- there's research that shows that play has actually surpassed purpose as a motivator in the workplace. So it's worth, um, you know, for your own engagement and uh, yeah. uh, kinds of things, it's it's worth, um, you know, integrating some play. It's so well. important. And the thing is, like, I just have to look on the other side of the door, because at, in a few minutes time, I have to go play uh, with, with a little four-year-old. And uh, the thing is, what he's doing is he's simulating what he's going to be doing in a couple of years time. So the thing is that idea of play and simulation in a safe space is super important. Tamara, I want to I wanna go over to the quiet one in the corner there. Your sister, um, and uh, the I one that knows ask, how to cook. <laughs> the one who knows how to cook, and she cooks up storm when it when it comes to rolling out these products. So, Shauna, I I know we touched on it a little bit when in our in our pre session, but um, maybe if you can share a little bit, like let us peek behind the curtain a little bit. What goes into actually designing these things? Because I mean, one thing that I, for example, look at sometimes when I get these is like how well are they made? Like, um, you know, the aesthetics. That kind of, is it important? And and how do you think about these games and how do you come up with them? Uh, well, I guess to start with how to come up with them, definitely it's about what's the goal. So what are we trying to get the team to, to come out with at the end of the, of that, of that particular process or what will help the facilitator make something, you know, more, um, energizing or, you know, a little more fun. That's already an existing process, but you want to um, have something there to inspire people a bit, but definitely it's about what's the purpose here. Uh, what are we setting out to get not from the game, but from the process. And so once we know what's that end result, we can start to um, talk about what inputs do we need? What, uh, what kind of flow, what kind of engagement, you know, talking about everything from how many people need to be around the table for proper, meaningful conversation. And so everything is structured based on all of those uh, those different components. Um, certainly, uh, the visual, the graphics, the palette, the color palette, all of those things are, you know, it makes it kind of fun to put together. But the purpose behind those is, what kind of analogy or story will help people um, uh, kind of have some fun going through it or is it necessary? Um, And then uh, even it sounds funny to say, but what kind of mood are we trying to instill? So how might we do that with color or with graphic Um, and, and how might this facilitator or team leader use it in different scenarios. So we want to keep it very, um, we can't make it just to fit this one aesthetic. It needs to have a, it's, you know, it's the flour and sugar. So it needs to, to have a more far reaching 
um, sort of look, something that's very flexible for people. Excellent. So those are all the inputs that we start with. Um, and uh, yeah, and and then we start injecting game mechanics if that's required. Um, and what whether the game is a game of moving somebody through an existing methodology or is it something where their inputs are important or a combination of the two. So those are all the pieces that we take under consideration. Um, when it comes to finally having that all together, um, how do we want the facilitator to be able to carry it? <laughs> is it going to be heavy? <laughs> is, it, like, is it easy to take on a plane? Is it awkward? Is it comfortable? Is it something that you're going to send off to all the different groups? Like, seriously, we, <laughs> we have, have uh, instead of boxes, we've used bags because we know then the facilitator can carry it over their shoulder and just walk into a room. Like all of those different things we try to consider. Um, then, yeah. Uh, and then where are we going to get it printed? Where are we going to get made? That's great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I didn't even think about the carrying thing. So you caught me out on that one, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> always see these facilitators well, we- brag about their, with their little bags and stuff that they have. You have to fit them in there. We, um, we, well, we used to fly everywhere all the time for all of our jobs. And so when we had created the innovator dinosaur game, we found this gorgeous felt bag and we were in love with it. And then we started packing it in our suitcases and we're like, this isn't working at all. And it's just going to be a big old mess. So, yeah, I mean, I think. Sean is, you know, also talking about the quality, uh, the quality yeah. of the materials matters a lot. You're, these are things that are going to be handled a lot. Um, and one of the interesting things that we've found as we, cause we do a lot of testing with all of our tools and our games as well. And, um, I did a test with actually a group of facilitators, uh, with our innovator dinosaur game. And some of the feedback we got was that they were prepared to take the process more seriously and engage in a more committed way because the materials were high quality. Quality. But I want to I want to throw yeah. I want to throw something else at you because I've got a, I've got a I've got one of the one of the I've got a question here and this is an interesting one uh, from an interesting friend of mine. Um, so I'm going to read it off to you with all the cost cutting and all the companies being paramount. How do you an employee justify the use of multiple packs of these tools? Put another eye, how do I get the dinosaurs to change their way of working? So this is, thanks Andre for that. So that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, how would you feel that? Because I mean, I mean, not that I think the products are super expensive, but let's say cost us a thing or they don't want to share. Like how, how do you, yeah. is that something can that you can tackle? One thing, one thing about that very quickly is that it's actually building internal capacity to the, to the um, by having tools that you can, not necessarily just have the facilitator take and run into a group, but if you're actually buying those tools and sending them off to your team, that the team now has the ability to understand and learn that that technique and that method and use it more. So you're building internal abilities. And um, you, you did say a little bit of something, Werner, earlier about that. And that that's a very important piece because this can go on and on it's not just oh here's one way to use it now we're done it's there's multiple ways but once you start training and building you're gaining the the group is starting to talk the same language they're starting to understand how to think together but think creatively when somebody says oh how would a you know a flock of seagulls deal with that it actually has meaning <laughs> to yeah. the rest of your team. Yeah. And and then you can use those cards. And um, and so it's it's a way of bringing it right into the group and educating uh, your very employees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in addition, oh, sorry, go ahead, Tamara. Sorry. I was just going to say, in addition to sort of the um, capacity building and kind of the skill building that Sean is talking about, it's also about the the return on investment and what comes out of it. Like, if you're choosing a tool, first of all, you should choose a tool um, that 
is going to be useful for you. And if you're concerned about it having kind of more than one use, then of course, select a tool that you can use multiple times over and over, like some of the base tools and things like that. Um, but I actually, just what Shauna was saying about where you start to actually build capacity for the thinking that maybe is associated with the tool and what that means for your company and your business. I had a conversation with a client the other day. She's the global head of HR for a large multinational company. And she said to me, she said, you know, ever since I did that creative thinking exercise with the Innovator Dinosaur game, she said, even now sitting in her executive meetings, in the back of her mind, she's thinking, what if it were really small? What if it were really big? <laughs> you know, what if a, what if a, an athlete were solving this problem? And so, you know, she's actually now using the, the, the skills that she's gained through the, the tools at a, a very, very senior level within the organization. Um, yeah, it, and, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to, um, kind of build some credibility also around the tools to show return on investment and real impact. So we've won yeah. a couple of facilitation impact awards with some of the tools and processes that we've used, you know, as a way to show that these things really do have real impact on your business at the end of the day. And I, and I think like just to, because I think you've touched slightly on it tomorrow also with your example is that. Uh, the one thing that sometimes because you get so excited with these tools and you, you, you've seen them working, believe, like trust the process. But the thing is, I think culture still comes from the top down, right? So mm -hmm. if, if you're in a company that doesn't have that creative culture, trying to force tools into the conversation is not going to help. You have to fix that first. Usually what I try and do, and I think what you just said with the HR lady, is you have to talk to the senior person who, is, who wants this workshop. Um, and, and Shona, what you said about purpose, because if you can align the, the purpose with whatever you're going to do, because I mean, if I'm bringing all these tools to the table and you have to pay for them, there needs to be return on investment. And we believe in that, but it still comes from the top down. It's not like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to have a bunch of cards and now I, all of a sudden everybody's creative in a, in a, in a bad company. Yeah. And it's also like, if you are a team leader, I know when we work with, um, with team leaders who are in a really large company and, you know, we'll often just tell them work within what you have control over, you know, you, you, if you've got, if what you are responsible for and have control over is the, um, the, you know, co-creating or problem solving with your team, just focus on that and bring in, you know, tools or processes that, um, that you can use with your team. And then what happens is you start to get people like kind of peeking in the window, if you will, and looking at you and going, you know, I heard by the water cooler that, you know, you, you had something kind of interesting and, well, you know, I'd like to hear more about that. Um, but we can only, we can only ever kind of work within what we control as well. And uh, Shona, tomorrow, I, uh, you know, I'm working on a very small budget. I can't afford your hourly rate. So I think we need to start, um, I need to, we need to, <laughs> we need to start wrapping this up. But before we well, wrap. Very expensive. <laughs> very expensive stuff here. Um, but before we wrap, I mean, there's something exciting. Let me flip the screen back to tomorrow to you, because we are giving away on this stream, right? A, a classic card deck, you see? Not this one, yeah. because this one is mine. Okay, um, I'm not letting go of this one, but we are going to give away a classic card deck. Now, Shona, you need, need to keep me real here. Um, the, the, the way that you win this, there's a few ways. We, because with Shona tomorrow, nothing is ever simple. But it's, uh, let's go with this. Um, <laughs> you have to go to, and I think it's going to pop on the screen now. Yeah, that's the one. So to enter, you need to go to either Twitter or Instagram. Prefer to be Instagram. Follow mm -hmm. there and leave a comment on this post. You'll see the post there, right, Shauna? So yeah, if you your, leave, your, your post is on there. Yeah. So leave a if comment, you go, it can be a happy face. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Or a thumbs up. You leave emoji, you watch this. Yeah. yeah. No rude Wait, emojis, especially from my friends. Yeah. Go there, follow. I mean, it's also a great uh, account to follow. Uh, not if you want to save money, but follow that account. And then the other way to do this also is... Um, on this stream, on this feed, uh, wherever you're watching this, if you leave a comment, you give a follow on YouTube for me, for me, because I'm also selfish, I want some stuff. So if you drop a comment, everybody who's commented uh, will be entered into a draw. Uh, as Tamara pointed out before the stream, we need to be exact. 
The lucky draw will happen at the end of the week, the 26th, right? Tomorrow, we will draw fair and square. No uh, no dodginess. The South African will not do it. I think I'll get tomorrow and, Sh- and Shona to do it so that everybody knows <laughs> what's going on. And then we'll draw and you can stand a chance to win one of these. And they are awesome. It's the first set that you sent me. Um, I still love it. And it's definitely a nice segue into this world. So tomorrow, Shona, thank you so much for like making this available. I really appreciate it. And I expect that this person who's going to get that will also get a nice little note in the mail as well from Shauna. So that's always something to look forward to. Okay, so um, we want to wrap this up. Um, I've got your Instagram and Twitter feed on the screen there. Please go follow and check them out. And then there's also your website, um, tractionstrategy.ca, your business site. And then also all the goodies are on tractiontoolbox.ca. Guys, I'm so humbled and grateful that you joined me here. And before we go... Uh, as a closing hurrah, what is up for you guys next? What's happening next? Is some new stuff coming? Punt a little bit. What What's next? Uh, okay, so two two new tools on the horizon that we're working on. And actually, this is, um, I think, quite useful at this particular moment in history. One is called Business Model Mayhem. It's part of the Sneakerfish series, so it is about provoking and inspiring new ways of thinking about your business model, and either when you're creating a new one or you want to disrupt your existing one. So that's coming. We just need some a little bit more development and testing time. And, uh, and then the other one is all about different industry innovation and um, getting, inspirations, getting inspiration from um, other industries in order to innovate within your own. So those are kind of coming up on the horizon. And I just want to say too that we're very open to conversation and helping people to understand, um, you know, using different tools with their, uh, in a purposeful kind of way. So if people do have questions about, you know, how to select the right tool for the job, um, just just drop us a line. Like we're totally here to chat with you anytime um, that you want, want to explore this. There's a URL there, tractionstrategy.ca. And I can encourage that. I can attest to that. I've been on many phone calls, many phone calls. Ladies, uh, Tamara, Shona, thank you so much for experimenting with me. You all know this is new to me. So it's a huge honor to have you um, here. And I'm looking forward to more collaboration, uh, hopefully next week already. But um, in the future, I'm very excited to one day also meet you guys in person because I also have a very strong Canadian slant on this live stream. There's a lot of Canadian <laughs> folks. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your really appreciate you having us here.